Welcome to the Batphone Podcast, where we talk about combat sports, comic books, gaming, pop culture, and anything else my friends want to talk about. Hosted by yours truly, Nick Batman Hughes. Here we go. The Batphone returns to the M16 Open Round 6, and once again, I am like a kid in a candy store, and it's one of my favorite events, my favorite days. It's such an exciting showcase format. Uh, and we have such a good show in store. All props to Miles and Adam and the M16 crew for putting this on through all the pressures of COVID and through all of the uncertainty, providing people opportunities to compete and people like myself to come and watch and to be absolutely entertained and inspired by the athletes that are going to be putting on a show. Uh, and what a show it's going to be, you know, right from the outset. I'm going to be looking to try to get some insights from the athletes on game day. I'm going to be, uh, you know, chatting to the cast of legends and supporters and fans all across uh, South Australia who uh, come to the event. And there's always legends, there's always OGs, and there's just always a stack of positivity. Uh, And it's going to be fun. You know, it's just going to be one of those fun ones. Uh, Try to run down the card a little bit. I know you'll all be listening to this if you do listen to it after the event. So I'll try to let the matches speak for themselves but man you got Shane Wright versus Jake Chapman Shane from South Coast he's just you know a very exciting grappler who's already had exciting grappling matches on M16 open before and Jake Chapman from Progressive who is a very very skilled competitor and up and comer in those ranks so absolutely perfect we've got the blue belts on showcase in an invitational tournament and so many good names from potentially every gym across South Australia as well. Uh, and it's just going to be so entertaining because they're going to have sort of modified time formats, but they're really going to go after it in the ADCC rule set. And come finals time, it's just going to be absolute fireworks. We've got uh, James, uh, Dimitri Zachariah versus Will Kolarov, two standout purple belts, you know, uh, Dimitri Zachariah, I mean, like he's sort of like a sleeper, you know, ha- people haven't seen how skilled he actually is, but he's a very intellectual, he's a great gamer, and I'm looking to see what he comes up with, in t- uh, you know, in terms of his strategy for Will Kolarov, because Will is a performer, that guy rises to the occasion, he's a beast in the gym, and a beast in the arena, and you know, he's fought MMA, competed on the M16 Open before, all successfully with uh, beating some high-level competition in both regards, but Man, that's just going to be fireworks as well. Jake Douglas versus Liam. That's, you know, the big boys come out to play. That's going to be an absolute barn burner. Saeed versus Alan Hartley. Guys, brown belts stepping up to the plate. It's exactly what uh, we're looking to see. Two high-level guys from South Australia who just absolutely know how to compete. I mean, Saeed has gone from strength to strength. Every match he has, he gets better. He constantly improves. And Alan is all... Look... Alan's my boy, you know, (laughs) he's just opened up CCMA Adelaide, make sure you get down there, support this man, support one of the supporters of South Australian MMA, like he is one of the pioneers and one of those guys who's really pushing that positive outlook and that positive perspective in the industry and uh, he deserves all of that support and look, when it comes to his matches, he is always smooth, always skilled, always entertaining, last time out had that absolute amazing match with Hennen. You know, the finger break did happen, but the actual action that was taking place on those maps was just fantastic. It's going to be awesome to see. 
Uh, and I'll, hopefully I'll be helping Alan out in that one as well in the corner. So, yeah, you might hear that uh, the sultry tones of <laughs> hopefully I'm not speaking too loud and I don't piss you off too much. That's basically it. Kerry Smith versus Jarek Paynes is next. This could be sleeper for the most technical bout of the day. Like, I, I might actually try and get some commentary in on that one because those two guys are veterans of MMA, veterans of jiu-jitsu, uh, both brown belts, high-level practitioners and coaches within their academies. And, man, like, I know they've both been working really hard on it. I, I can't pick it for that one. That is absolutely super well-matched and really exciting as well. Uh, the first title fight is Taylor Ford versus uh, Nora Schultz. And look, this is, without a doubt, the highest level female grappling match we could put on in, in South Australia right now. Out of the active competitors and the people in the same weight class, this as a championship bout is absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad that this is, uh, this is happening and it's on a showcase event where we can really look at it. Obviously, Taylor is working towards her Olympic aspirations. Nora is a beast on the mats uh, in competition and in training. These two are going to have a rematch, essentially. They had a match a little while ago. Semi-controversial ending, but look, here's the opportunity. Here's the opportunity to run it back in a different rule set that could be more definitive, and it's going to be, yeah, one to look forward to. Pugs, Anthony Pugliese versus Jesse Lawton. Man, the last time they fought... They had an absolute ripper as well, a very technical back-and-forth battle. There was no finish uh, to my recollection, but it was just one of those things where you get two extremely skilled, new-school, high-level guys, and they it was a clash of styles, but what a clash it was. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that as well. I might try and get some commentary in on that as well because that you know that's another sleeper for most technical bout. Next title fight will be Conway versus... Pablo Torreabla, 77 kilo championship bout. And look, we know what Conway's all about. He's one of South Australia's favorite sons. He is an explosive, impactful, high energy grappler who has extreme success for a good reason. He's been at this game for a very long time, you know, from the first state championships to now, you know, that's over, you know, absolutely amazing performances over that period of time as well. And Pablo, Pablo is one of those really stylistic grapplers. He's also fought in mixed martial arts. I remember watching Pablo back in one of the first Invitationals at the Roar, so R-O-A-R, Invitational. I believe it was either in Perth or in Brisbane. Possibly would have been Perth, but I'm pretty sure that Kit Dale and Mikhail Yehaya were in that as well. And Pablo was you know, a standout of that event. He was like one of those guys that just came out of nowhere and put on some amazing matches and... Look, this is going to be a truly high-level treat for everyone. And mark my words, that match, no matter how it goes down, no matter how it ends, it doesn't have a choice but to be entertaining. So I'm really looking forward to that. And of course, the ultimate, the 88 kilo championship bout, Declan Moody uh, versus Lewis Ryan. Now, they had to get in another replacement. Unfortunately, Roberto Frias couldn't make it. And the replacement that they got for SA's number one, is a guy who has held championship success at every belt rank, including black. Now, this guy, he's a, he's a legitimate heavyweight, and he's going to be absolutely ready to go. Very good stylistic matchup for Declan, uh, but we know what the Moody Man is all about. 
And if anyone's rolled with him firsthand, they get it. If anyone's watched him compete, they get it. And as he says over and over, eventually they're all going to get it. So look, I mean, I can't wait to see what goes down. I can't wait to see what happens. The next entry we're going to have right here on M16 Open is going to be me at the event, chatting to people, having a bit of fun. I really want to make sure this is lighthearted. And guys, the bat phone returns. All right, first interview of the day, the tall man. Adam Jones, how's it going, man? Good, bro. How you doing? You have to speak a little louder because you're very far away from Very, me. very far away. <laughs> I'll, I'll get on my knees. Look, man, I, straight off the bat, I want to commend you for the effort that you've put in to actually get this off the ground. I know the pressures and struggles that you guys had to actually put this event on, but it means a lot to the community to have this. So straight off the bat, commending you, and it's absolutely amazing. How's it going so far? Right. Deciding to do this in uh, during COVID has been pretty stressful, but uh, yeah, we got there this week. It's all coming together now. Um, yeah, now we just got to wait till go time. You excited? Go. Yeah, super pumped. Yeah, yeah super brilliant, pumped. Just brilliant. wait for it to be actually done so we know it's finished you know yeah what I, mean? I know it was exactly like this last time as well as the anticipation of the event you want it to go really well yeah. you know it has the potential to but then you just want to see it come to life yeah, man yeah. so i wanted to grab you real early before anything started just to say thank you very much i'm looking forward to the rest of the day thanks big man. Right, cheers thank all right next cab off the rank is the main event himself declan moody how's it going man yeah good man how are you it's happening. This is happening. I know Bobby's going to get it one day, but you know, like it's probably not going to be today, man. How are you feeling about your matchup? Yeah, good. Um, very, very tough opponent, but I'm always looking for tough matches. Should be yeah, good. that's right. No, they, they definitely went out of their given way to get you a, a legit heavyweight contender, but it's one of those things, man. That's the type of caliber of opponent that you deserve as well and you need in order for your development to keep progressing the way it has. But we're going to have to do something about you, man, because eventually, like... If you keep growing the way that you're growing, you're going to be taller than Adam Jones, you're going to be thicker than Tim Cartwright, you're going to have a hog like Brando's forearm. Like, it's just, what are we going to do with you, man? Like, where does this end? Man, I wish that last one was true. Um, <laughs> We're keeping it classy right at the beginning yeah, of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I just love to eat. I just love to eat. That's all there is to it. And then I just justify that by, if I lift weights and eat, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Because you're a protein synthesis machine at 24. Yeah, correct. <laughs> nah, man. Look, you know I'm one of your biggest fans and one of your biggest supporters, so I'm really looking forward to what happens towards the end of the day today. Keep it skillful. Keep it always always developing, always skillful. So everyone's excited, and I'm sure you are as well. I, I am. Thank you, Nick. All right, awesome. All right, we've got some early morning Trinity crew going on here. Alex Marco. Hello. Scott, what's your last name? Howard. It's got bluebell. It's legally changed. It's been legally changed in the last last two weeks. Scott, you're not important enough for me to remember your name. <laughs> like, it's fresh bluebell, Scott Howard. Thank you very much. And Dan Dwyer is here as well. It's awesome. Hello. So Dan is refing today. We're currently discussing the rule sets, and it's a little bit different than the ADCC rule set. Yes, yeah. Uh, interesting with the reversals. Um, you know, someone in side control, you roll them over and end up in side control top, four points, whereas IBJJF, you get none. So, because yeah. reversals don't count as sweeps. And we've talked about it in the past with ADCC rule set really being a submission wrestling rule set. With clean sweeps, yeah. clean takedown, high high like a point count for reversals, high point count for go-behinds and things like that. You have to complete takedowns, pin shoulders to the mats for them to score. Uh, it really is conducive to, like, if you're a very good controlling wrestling grappler and you have an advantage, 
but at the same time that puts a lot of onus on an attacking grappler to really get after it like if you get neg points pulling guard or if you find yourself under the control of a really strong control based grappler and they put points on you hard now you've got to go now you've got to find finishes and I think we see that play out at the highest levels with guys like Gary Tone and Dante Leon. Like those types of matches can occur because of that rule set. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic, and it obviously works into a strong wrestling position. I mean, you know, like I think if you get side control on someone, you know, IBJJF, you know, it's not as much of a concern. Whereas I feel like today, um, anyone that's in side control still has to be worried because obviously they can get reversed pretty yeah. easy and then they're down on points. Yeah, that's an excellent assessment, actually. Like, the whole idea of stalling from a control position is kind of null and void because if they legitimately bridge and roll and they've got mm. a good bridge and roll, you get done for it. People in scarfold, exactly. Yeah. You know, going for Kezzes and stuff like that. If they don't, you know, transfer their weight correctly and they get bridged and rolled over, yeah. you know, it's going to be it's gonna be interesting from my point of view because <clears throat> referring like, IBJJF and, you know, uh, all the other local comps, like, this is my first time. ADCC, so I'll be looking to lock them on for like confirmation on points. You know, we'll get some like finger singles on. I'll be like, please confirm. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. And uh, I think overall, like today, you know, it's myself, Penrose, and I believe uh, Lucky maybe is refing. But uh, yeah, it should be good. And I'm excited for a lot of the uh, the black belt matches. So yeah, that's um, what I wanted to open it up to Scott and Alex. Like being, you know, spectators today, being supporters. What are you looking forward to? Why are you here? What did you come to see? Both the blue belts, because we're obviously both blue belts. Yeah, yeah, so you're to see the competition, see what the level is at, you know? Yeah, but also, yeah, the black belts. Definitely very exciting to watch. So. And the women's championship. Yeah, that's yeah, huge, yeah, yeah. right? Now, I was saying, because I did a little bit of an intro for this before, it's legitimately the biggest like level female matchup they could possibly put on at the weight class for a championship. Like Taylor being commonwealth wrestler nora being an absolute beast blue belt dominating every competition she goes into this is the highest level they could possibly hope to achieve in south australian grappling for females in the 60 kilogram weight class and to have it for a title the first title ever i can i can see why you're excited for it scott all right brilliant guys well we'll check back in throughout the day and hopefully i don't annoy too many people by shoving my phone in their face and telling them to get surprise yeah surprise you're on camera thanks guys Oh, it's getting very quiet. Very quiet. They're drawing the blue belt pranks now. The progressive guys are going to have a match against each other. And everyone else is awaiting eagerly the outcome. They're drawing numbers from a hat. This very unique situation. Very cool. I like it a lot. I'll let you guys see how it rustles out on the day. Alright guys, I've got the entire Progressive crew right here on the Batphone podcast, an absolute exclusive. We've got Sean D'Ambrosio, Michael and Jake. How's it going to go today, guys? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited, Nick. Um, Listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boys are going to kill it for sure. Mike's taking the strap and uh, Jake's going to earn his position to get into the Super 8 um, tournament. And oh, he, that's what's going on. They're going to be in the final. <laughs> I was going to say, we just had the blue belt draw, right? Yes. So 
we know what's going down now? Yeah, I'll be against uh, Will. Uh, I'll be against Will for the third round of the day, I believe. Really? So Will yeah. Wesley? Yes, yes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And you guys have gone from strength to strength that you're competing. I, I remember when you were first coming, Michael I'm speaking to right yeah. now, I remember when you were first coming out to wrestling and just soaking up all of the experience, yeah. and I just saw you were happy. Yeah. It was positive. You were happy to be there, and you've just been able to parlay that into all of your training that you've been doing at Progressive with Jarek and Sean yeah. and the boys, and they always talk about you as well as one of those guys that's just skyrocketing in your potential and Jake it's, it's no slouch when it comes to competing like, I've seen you over the time you've been competing from each comp to comp it's just been getting slicker it's been getting better it's been getting smoother your understanding of what you're trying to achieve with your game is very very smart and it's an attacking style as well like, I really like it so now nah, man the people see what you do people are watching they see what you do and they see you from one comp to the next comp when you rock up when you show up and when you show progression and evolution People like it. People like me like it. Because yeah. I'm old and I like, yeah. I like oh, stuff I like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's paying off. These guys are on the mats five days a week. You know, every session available. They're always there. You know, keen as mustard. So, yeah, man, the time will come. It's coming. And, uh, yeah. So, new, who new trains breed. more? Who trains more? The new generation or the old generation? Ah, uh, me, bro. <laughs> me. <laughs> Because so I'm, sh- I'm trained during the day, man. I'm always training, bro. Jacked, <laughs> no, I've been asking that same question, which is how is Sean steroids, getting more man. jacked? Jesse, <laughs> steroids. Jesse Hughes has accused more people of being on steroids than anyone That's in the South Australia. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys liked each I other. <laughs> Yeah, nah, it was good. We got Jesse to come out and do a, a comp class. I got Declan to come out and do a comp class as well. Man, they hurt my back. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jesse will do that. <laughs> uh, Je- we had great roles. But when Declan puts a body lock on you, it's just like, nah, I, I give up. Just pass. Just pass. <laughs> I tap. <laughs> yeah, I tap. You win. You're better than me. I, yeah. You know. <laughs> nah, but it's good to see you out here, man. Yeah. You gave good me a SCOBY as a gift oh, how's it going uh, it's been going really well I've been meaning to catch up with you yeah, about no, it I actually went and did a lot of research on how to actually make kombucha and right. I've got, got you to thank for that yeah, so yeah, I used uh, yeah. black poor Chinese tea to ferment mm-hmm. and then I used I actually used coconut sugar right. as the sugar sauce that's the flavour well. right? yeah, yeah, I've really never really used coconut yeah. sugar but yeah I thought yeah. it went really well yeah, nice. uh, and the second fermentation I did with blueberries as well. oh, right. so it was Hell like yeah. coconut yeah. sugar blueberries so right now I'm making jun Okay. So I'm using like, sort of like yeah, right? half yeah. the scoby. I'm using manuka honey yep. uh, as the, like the sugar okay. fuel source. And that's source. the difference, is it, between June and... And yeah. use green tea. Right. So I'm using like matcha green tea as, yeah. as well. And then I'll probably do the second ferment with like lemon and ginger as well. Awesome, man. Oh, that's, that's thanks to that, you, I was going to ask. That makes me happy that you're fermenting, man. So, yeah, we can get the benefits out of it. And, yeah, it's good, man. Dude, thank you so awesome. much. My man, pleasure. It's going to be an awesome day. Well, the last thing I wanted to ask you personally, sure. what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, just the boys competing, man, putting it all on the line. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. And, and always seeing the high-level guys, Conway, Declan, throw down. That's always a treat in Adelaide. So, Do you know yeah, much it, about it gets me uh, so excited, man. Pablo? Yeah, I mean, Pablo came to the gym last night and trained yeah. with us, actually. So, yeah, had a good had a role with him. He was he was just he's competing today, so it was just, you know, light just cruising, light yeah. stuff. And he came with a, a guy called uh, Braden Sweeney, I think, another yep. black belt, and uh, they're great guys, man, really chill, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing his match last time with Sean from Absolute, it was a really technical match, yeah. um, and I'm looking forward to it, um, yeah, 
Awesome. Go Conway, man. I mean, yeah, Conway go, was there last we, night. Yeah, we got Conway to be SA, my boy yeah. for sure. So, but yeah. I think that's the thing Very with uh, jiu-jitsu in general. It's not quite like MMA. Our friends aren't going to punch each yeah, other in the face right. today. They're just going to have a grappling yeah. match and it's yeah, going to be cool. 100%. Yeah. So, nah, sick. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, these guys were all said they were fans of the Batphone podcast yeah. and now you've been on it. Thank you very much, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. All right, I'm here with three absolute legends. We've got Anthony, Connor, who's competing today, and my good friend and longtime training partner, Paolo Barreto, Aruda Jiu-Jitsu, black belt, and, you know, all-around conspiracy theorist and great guy. <laughs> he's not going to say anything because <laughs> he's worried he's going to get oh, rolled by the cops. No, I'm joking. How are you feeling today, man? Uh, pretty excited. Uh, it's a great opportunity for Connor today, so... I come in representing Leo and the whole Aurora team just to support Connor in this new uh, stage of his uh, path, you know? Yeah, and look, we've both been part of this community for a really long time, and the two guys standing in front of us right now, they're a part of that expansion of the community. You know, Trinity MMA is an affiliate of Aruda. They both come out and train with us as well, and they soak up that experience, and you can see the benefit. You can see how having a really good community set up actually works well, and uh, I'm so happy that they're getting the opportunities. Anthony, you're next. Connor, how are you feeling? Yeah, not too bad. Just a little bit nervous, excited. Yeah. Kind of both. So, Have you got yeah. a bit of an idea about what you want to achieve today? Yeah, yeah. Kind of a game plan that I've worked on with my like the last few matches that kind of do similar, similar yeah. things. So, well, yeah. you've got a big rap on you for being skillful uh, on the mats, <laughs> but you've also got a big rap on you for being humble and modest, which seems Thank to be a bit of a trait with the Aruda Jiu-Jitsu practitioners as well, because, Anthony, you're very much the same. Oh, there's a bit of hush because we're about to start the rules meeting. Uh, you better, you might want to listen to these ones as well. Yeah, so I've grabbed Paolo again after the rules meeting because I got to, I got to tell you things. Uh, I've wanted you on the podcast exclusively for uh, quite some time because you've been somewhat of a mentor to me throughout my time in the jiu-jitsu scene. You've known me since I was a little kid. You've seen me come up, and Absolutely. you've guided me through some really tough times. You know, before the matchup with Kane and yep. like when I was coming away from SABJJ as well you are a yes. really positive light for us and you I feel like you've been that way for a lot of people you really kind of embody what the positivity in jiu-jitsu is meant to look like and one of the other reasons I wanted to bring you back on just quickly is so that you can talk about your gym you've got a premises in the CBD if I'm not if I'm not mistaken yes uh, well thanks for saying those words you know like I know unique like when we were white belts, yeah. so it's been a long path, maybe 14 years. Um, this gym that I have in the city is just momentarily because we normally teach in the hills yep. at Crafers. Uh, the whole went in renovation, so we moved to the city, and I keep running with the team of the guys from the hills. So I keep doing the jiu-jitsu in the city. Um, it's really good to see all of us when we used to be white belts and see blue bills and purple bills and see each other in the comps and we sometimes fight each other <laughs> eventually we become the same team yeah. um, everyone is really helpful you help me a lot too in my training and in my personal part too um, the community is growing in Adelaide um, everyone is really humble really nice and that's what we want you know we don't want like the tough guys you know the cocky guys the arrogance it's no. People in the community don't like those guys, you know? We need to be really humble, really helpful, help the new guys. Um, like I say, we, we, the friendship that I have with you has been for so many years, and I really appreciate, you know, being my friend. Man, we appreciate you too. So when you get the time, I want to bring you on 
one-on-one -on -one for a podcast. We're going to sit Absolutely. down because all of this is just an excuse for me to talk to my friends for an hour. <laughs> <You know? laughs> hey, I have many stories, man. Yeah. We, 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 you know, we need to sit down and we just talk about them, you know? Yeah, that's right. Uh, thank you so much. Your work on it. Um, I hope to see you in the future in the uh, next interview. Yes, we will. Well, I'm here with Jarek Paynes. How's it going, man? What's Jake up, Chapman up? just put on an awesome performance oh, for the first, first fight of the day. Way to start off the day, man. Straight to his game, straight to the finish. That's it's it. perfect, man. It's perfect finish. And look, uh, I had Kerry on the podcast last week. Yeah. And off air, he told me the entire game plan of how he was going to beat you, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work or not, but it's... Uh, no, we'll, actually, we'll I've... See. Um, we'll see. How are you feeling today? Feeling good, man. Yeah, feeling, feeling like you're always feeling loose, yeah. ready, ready to Confident. go. Confident. Well, not loose yet. I got <laughs> to warm up soon, man. I've actually, um, I did a little bit of a breakdown prior to coming here today. And one of the things I was talking about is I think that your match with Gary is a sleeper for most technical. The way I see you two matching up and the way that you go about your jiu-jitsu, the yeah. time that you've both been involved in the sport, you're both ex-MMA fighters or maybe current MMA yeah. fighters. Uh, you've both been in the scene for an incredibly long time, training with high-level people, coaching at academies. It's going to be very interesting to see the technique play out, and I think yeah. a lot of people are going to be surprised. I've pegged it as a sleeper for most technical bout of the day. Yeah, yeah. Just like last time. Just like last yeah, time. Just like last time, yeah. Hopefully it's another match of the day, you know. My me and Kerry about to put on a show. So. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, good luck, man. No, thanks, man. Looking thanks, forward man. to seeing you out Absolutely. Here. All right, so I'm here with Sayed Hasanovic and the legend himself, Farouk Majedovic. Hey, How bro. are you guys? How good, are you good guys? to be here. Really good, good to be here. To be here. Yeah, and I'm so glad I get the opportunity to speak to you guys. You know what the podcast is. It's just like a big excuse to tell people I like them. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, Sayed, awesome. man, I actually got the chance to speak to you last time uh, when you had a match with Anthony Bino, which was absolutely awesome. The Blue Belt, the Blue Belt Invitational is on fire at the moment. Quick finishes, but... You're just one of those guys who continuously shows up, and I'm sure it's the same in the academy as well, and gets better every single time you compete. You've shown consistent progression. That's pretty cool to see from the outsider looking in, man. Uh, How do you feel about competing? I appreciate the kind words, first of all, Nick. Um, competition's always been, uh, for me, uh, to see where I'm at, you know, mentally, if I can translate it into the physical form. So as soon as I step in, you know, you see your downfalls in the training room, you go, you think about how can you get better. Um, then eventually leads to the competition mats, whether it's MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, whatever your preference is. So for me, it's been Jiu-Jitsu so far. Um, and uh, yeah, competition's been one of those things just to see where I'm at. Yeah. I compete against guys at my own level and um, just to test myself at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. Well, look, the way you carry yourself on the mats as well, you're humble, you're dedicated. And I'm, look, I think you've got one of the best possible mentors you could ask for yes. here Farouk, in the legend. Farouk, so Farouk, Farouk has been a massive influence on that. And me and him talk off the mats about yeah. life in general, not just jiu-jitsu and MMA, but carrying yourself as a man um, and as a competitor, as an athlete. Yeah. Well, Farouk, man, you are a legitimate legend of the South Australian mixed oh, martial thanks, arts man, scene. Thanks. You've known me since I was a little kid, little kid with weird hair and a stupid little attitude on me as well. But uh, I've seen you that in that time point as well, from all the way from white to black. And you are one of those people who I really believe deserves the respect and deserves the status that you have within the community. You are humble, you are dedicated, you are driven, and you happen to be an incredibly decent <laughs> grappler as well at the same time. Thanks, man. Uh, you're a, an Australian elite team black belt yeah. and you run Matrix MMA. Yeah. 
how do you feel about the evolution of what's been happening in the jiu-jitsu competitive scene recently? Oh man, I love it. You know, when they started seeing like six, seven comps a year, I was just so excited and uh, just to be able to uh, compete uh, in the uh, in a little bit was you know just um, really grateful and just to have guys competing and and uh, like Saeed and uh, watching these guys develop and grow and. Um, it's just been an awesome journey and I'm really excited uh, about, you know, um, supporting uh, any way I can in the future and uh, being part of the community. I love this community and I love uh, all the, all the um, different clubs around and uh, all the people coming together every so often to compete and, and see each other. It's, it's really great. Really well, like. The fact that you're community-minded really does shine through and the, the reason I say that is you've aligned yourself with AET and Nino who yeah. just happen to be the possibly the most community-minded oh. jiu-jitsu practitioner in Australia, I yeah. would say, as well. So it's kind of a no-brainer that you two would link up. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was amazing uh, to link up with, with such a good man and um, just to learn from him and just... Uh, just uh, everything, uh, all the lessons he taught me about, you know, just to keep the club going and um, and I'll be loyal to, to him forever and uh, always support AT and uh, and um, j- just as I'll support um, any- anyone else that wants to come have a role at the gym or uh, in competition and um, but yeah, just to have those people around uh, uh, like Ninos is uh, re- really helped me with my. Um, just uh, running everything and yeah. just being part of everything. Well, you're one of those people, man. Yeah. You're one of those people that the community look to, and, and I think Saeed would agree. You know, like sure. we are missing all of the action, but for good reason. Because yeah. I want to tell you guys how much I respect you and how much I look up to you, I and I'm really it, looking forward to seeing good things. As I said before, unfortunately, I am cornering Alan today, so hopefully I, I don't just say anything too inflammatory. That's awesome, That's nah. awesome man. Yeah, it's good to be part of. Um, uh, competing alongside each other, against each other, but still we got a mutual respect. Yeah. And um, uh, thanks, Nick, for everything you do, and uh, appreciate um, you know doing the podcast and being part of the community and being a, a, a real good teacher and someone that um, uh, gives so much in, in teaching and, and coming to support your students and stuff. So. Thank you, man. Coming from you, that means a great deal to me, man. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for your time today, guys. Wow. So as expected. The blue belts are absolutely killing it. You may have been able to hear it, the cheering that was going on in the last couple of interviews. The blue belt invitational is far and above exceeding everyone's expectations as being one of the most exciting draws. We haven't even got into the purples, the browns and blacks yet, and everyone in the building is rocking. This is a fantastic event. I'm so happy that this has been able to achieve. I'm like a kid in a candy store all over again. This is awesome. Kerry Smith, Jarek Paints is next. Oh, that is who he's on now. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. We should do some commentary on this next match. You just had an amazing match with Saeed, dude. I'm Tough so match. proud of you. Absolutely fantastic. He's got that immigrant mentality. He's hard to submit. Hard <laughs> but to you submit. have that happy Alan Hartley mentality. and you're, you're, hard to, you're hard to do anything to. Oh, my word. I feel like I got real close to finishing him, but... Yeah. yeah, it's those fine details that make make him as good as he is. Yeah, well, it was a victorious <sighs> outing, man, and you again showed that that fluid, positive style that everyone loves to see. Hey, I feel like it was a good match too. Like pretty, yeah. pretty back and forth, pretty scrambling. Yeah, I feel like I dominated most of it. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, did, yeah. yeah, you were you were just ahead, ahead yeah. in the transitions, ahead in the understanding of what was going on. We've had an excellent day of grappling. They're so busy. Everyone has been submission, coming. Submission, submission. No one is on by the clock right now. Everyone's looking to go. <laughs> Yeah. With submission after submission, it's fantastic. But um, 
yeah, we just see Saeed set for for a leg lock. Yeah, of course. That's what everyone said was a weakness for him, and now like it's, he's gone for his strength. You know, no way, no way. He doesn't have any weaknesses. That's what it is. All right, let's let's, let's watch this match. So I'm watching Jarek Paynes and Kerry Smith, and it's been all very very technical back and forth match. Very close in the match with each person attacking leg locks. We just had a half guard, Z guard to K guard leg lock attack from Jerick. That was nice and deep, but Kerry defended and the, and the crowd applauded. We're now sitting back here in the butterfly guard with Jerick on bottom and he moves to the half guard, Z guard position again. I picked this as being one of the most technical bouts of the day, so I'm hoping to get a little bit of commentary on this so that I can try and depict just how technical they are. Kerry is now underhooking the top leg in the half guard to pry apart and he's sitting down on his hip to try and block the space between him and Jarek so Jarek can't invert and can't rotate for the same leg attack that he went for before. I can see Jarek reaching underneath the far leg to try and create that same rotation. So very intricate intricate and understanding game. They both understand each other's positions. Oh, Kerry wraps through to a dust choke and it was up nice and high right up on that half guard and now he is really threatening with this Jarek is in a little bit of trouble but he's put his shoulders flat to the mat and Kerry has had the angle of the dust taken away a little bit Kerry sprawls out hard on the dust now and it looks like a really deep position and that came about quick hard and fast from a counter half guard attack a great way to counter a footlocker is to go straight at their neck and he's effectively passed the half guard by utilizing this attack and he continues to hold a tight grip on the back of Jarek's head as well so every time it loosens he can readjust Jarek is doing a fantastically patient job of defending but a big step over there from Kerry goes to the mount and he's trans transitioned from the Das mount step into a topside triangle. So now it's a dilemma, trilemma situation for Jarek to try and counter. Still no points as it is ADCC rule set and they're right in the beginning of the match. Ooh, very nice. So Jarek recovered out of the mount by looking for a single leg X and he passes immediately from the sweep. So Jarek was able to get out of the triangle, get out of the mount, use a footlock to sweep, and then immediately pass. And he's looking to set up a topside crucifix with a Kimura grip. And Kerry uses a bridge and roll to escape that predicament, but he lands himself in a rear triangle. Now, Kerry has a shin pin on the leg, oh, but he's just lost it. So now Jarek has a fully locked in rear triangle. If you're listening to this and you can hear the intricacies and how back and forth it is, Make sure you buy tickets to the next M16 Open so you can see it in person because it is absolutely fantastic. This submission attack from Jarek, this rear triangle, is as tight, if not tighter, than the submission attempt that Kerry Smith had very, very recently, only moments ago. So Jarek is starting to get a little bit of inversion. And we see Kerry's hips flip over so that they're both now facing the sky, which makes this rear triangle very, very tight. It looks like Jarek is prying on that. Yeah. And Jarek Paynes gets the tap with the rear triangle. An absolutely fantastic and technical match. You hear the crowd. Give it up for these guys. 
absolutely beautiful display of technique. And after we've had the blue belt final and Alan Hartley versus Saeed, a match like that, you can hear the applause and they deserve the applause. The high level of grappling that has been taking place on this card is something that we haven't yet seen in South Australia. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm standing here with Leon Bowie, another Batphone podcast alumni, and everything's very hush at the moment because we're watching Taylor versus Nora, which, as I stated before, is the highest level female bout we could possibly have here in the this state is of South Australia. This is amazing, man. This is amazing. Uh, but we've been fanning for, for a couple of minutes now about just this is possibly the highest level of grappling we've seen in this state in one competition. Easily. Like, yeah. it's just everything has just been such, like, so crisp and everyone's just been flowing from one to another. Nobody's been giving up. It's just been amazing to watch. What we just saw with Jarek and Kerry as well, like, from submission to submission, escaping the DAS, and the match with Alan and Saeed as well. So many transitions, so many technical... So much energy. Yeah, but it's it's starting... You're starting to see a little bit more efficiency. I mean, certainly within the ranks of the Blue Belt Invitational, which was incredibly entertaining. I'd love to see the stat on decisions versus submissions. I think there was only one decision. And of course, Connor got crowned the champion, uh, which was Congrats, my pick, Connor. by the way. Congrats, Connor. Uh, couldn't have happened to a better kid, but like, it's just one of those things that you've seen again. The skill steadily rising, the composure steadily rising, but the technique on display has been ridiculous. It's been so good, man. Like, I mean, you can't ask for any more. And, like, like for M16 to be putting these shows on for, like, Miles and Adam, like, this is just... The amount of everybody is just fixated on the mats right now. And it's got the whole community together. It's just awesome. Well, I've got a Flow Grappling account. And, you know, we watch Who's Number One and Pro, Pro Bet BJJ and stuff like that. It doesn't hold a candle to this, man. Like, but, but I can imagine if you were there watching it live, oh, yeah. being here watching all of this live... If this isn't an advertisement for what's possible in South Australian Jiu-Jitsu and also an Australian grappling scene, like, I don't know what is, man. So they got to get this on a stream and they got to get people paying to see this because it is worth it. Fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. The next champion has been crowned and it is Taylor Ford. Absolutely amazing. Congratulations. Taylor just walked past me. I got to say congrats, and she did an absolutely amazing job. The first ever female champion in the state of South Australia, and it is Taylor Ford, the Commonwealth wrestler, working towards the Olympics, taking on all comers in a sport that is essentially her secondary sport being submission grappling. This day has gone from strength to strength, and the things that you're seeing on the mats, what an advertisement, what an advertisement for the, the state of grappling in South Australia. And right now, the next match that has started is Anthony Pugliese versus Jesse Lawton. So Jesse from 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu and Anthony Pugliese from Rikers. Now, another one of these matches that I had slated to be possibly another technical standout, another potential technical bout, most technical bout of the day. These guys have faced each other before, and it was an absolute barn burner. Pugliese has managed to get on top right off the bat and Jesse has pulled the half guard he has a half guard and single butterfly looking to drag arms looking to rotate under Anthony is dominating the headline the center line to block the inversion and block the rotation and he's setting up attacks on the neck in the process that being said Jesse is underneath he does have the far side underhook 
He does have the elevating butterfly hooks, but a strong cross-face pressure from Anthony Pagliaso. A little bit of a backstep attempt to pass, but we're still back in this neutral position. So the half-guard types that we've been looking at today, predominantly the technical positions have been half-guard, single butterfly, and Z-guard. And they've been looking to invert and elevate to get to the legs. To counter that, the top game players have been looking to predominantly get to the neck and choke. A very technical sweeping as Jesse has the arm pass through. However, Pugliese manages to base out well. And now we're starting to see a little bit of separation, a little bit of changing of the style, a little bit of changing of the strategy as Jesse goes all the way under looking for legs. Pugliese, again, he changes his distance. He goes all the way out to come all the way back in. He goes all the way out to defend the leg locks, donkey kick away, and then all the way back in to shut down the possibility of inversion again. This is a cycle that is likely to play out, being that it's a 10-minute round. There's maybe a 70% pass, an 80% pass, a little bit of pressure on the pass, but all of the submission attack happens really early. Jesse has had a bite on those legs multiple times. He's gotten towards maybe 60 to 70% of the entries that he's wanted to, but at the same time, Pugliese has gone through 60-70% of the pressure of the pass. You might find that he's probing and looking to get to the second five minutes of an ADCC round in order to really start pressuring the pass. Again, Jesse deep on a straight footlock. And as soon as Pugliese pulled out, he transitioned beautifully to the second leg. That was a beautiful leg-to-leg transition, a limb-to-limb transition that you don't see a lot of. An excellent back step out. Pugliese managed to escape with a rollout escape as he changed limbs. There was a small attempt at a triangle. Pugliese backing out, and now they're neutral. We're neutral standing again. So Pugliese, known as a strong wrestler, known as strong top game. Oh, he went a quick snap down into his patented guillotine, but Jesse saw it coming and pulled guard through the transition. He keeps lacing for legs. Slight bear trap position now, calf cutter and bear trap position. Came from a K-guard attempt. Then Pugliese looked to limp leg away but got caught running right into that bear trap right into the calf cutter now being a 10th planet stylist calf cutter is one of the patented maneuvers oh Anthony is countering hard with a rotational traditional figure four footlock but Jesse trusts in that counter he used the calf cutter to invert all the way through into the saddle and he's looking hard at that leg. He's looking hard at that heel hook. It was a close heel hook attempt. Anthony managed to pry out with his second leg. And look, the action is just coming thick and fast. I feel like I've picked it again here with the propensity for a technical matchup to play out. And these guys are letting it all hang out. It is style versus style. And it is high level style versus style at that. We're almost halfway through the match now. And if you're not familiar with ADCC, the first five minutes of the match are pointless, no scores which is encouraging submissions to occur but the second five minutes points become active and they're modified points and they really heavily favour a strong dominant wrestler grappler type, being that it is a submission wrestling tournament so we may see the strategy 
of both practitioners change right now, now that we've hit this five minute mark. I'm absolutely so impressed by both of these guys. They have not taken a back step and they have not slowed down even a little bit. The pacing and the excitement has been brilliant. We're still looking at half guard passing predicaments, though Anthony is markedly lower now. He's looking at the body lock pass. He's looking to crush, weave, and he affected all oh, about 70, 80% through. Right up on that body lock pass. Went from side control, looked to try to step over to the mount, but he's, he's basically leg riding right now, a low mount on the legs, and Jesse is doing everything he can to push the head, push the shoulders, to pry Anthony back down. A nice float over step from Anthony, and he is really pressured, gone to the other side side control with his body lock pass. He pinned the shoulders for long enough to get points, and now we're back in half guard again. So that was a very smooth, strategic movement there from Anthony instead of open passing he tightened it up to the body lock he gave energy to the pass and now we're back in open field again so all it's done it has put Jesse behind in the transition oh a fast knee cut pass again from Anthony Jesse tried to turtle Anthony went all the way around and he's both passed and is looking at neck transitions a tight das a very tight das from Pugliese has been locked on Moving into a north-south choke now. He has excellent front headlock chains. This is going to be absolutely dire for Jesse to try and get out of. But at the very least, it helped him settle into a top position. Anthony has been put back in the half guard, but he's still on his front headlock chain. And it's under his left armpit, which is actually his favoured arm for the guillotine. He has a fantastic guillotine. It was well documented that Jesse back in the starting position manages to shrimp and move back into a half guard single leg butterfly on the other side this time we can see if uh, Pugliese is wise to it time's ticking away Pugliese is six points up two minutes 45 to go at this juncture absolutely enthralling action if you were here live I'm sure you'd agree so I can see right off the bat now the shift, the change in ideas, the change in strategy. Pugs is pushing less forward and he's using shin weaving to just simply negate any rotational attacks. So if Jesse can't involve both of his legs to the attack, it only has half of the power and he won't have the ability to finish if he can't complete, say, a saddle or 50 configuration. And Jesse felt it, he felt the distance, he felt the space and he stood back up. And he tries to pull again and get more traction with the second pull because he can feel Anthony sucking away from him. Very, very smart strategic matchup. And hey, this may have been contrived. This may be a plan, but they also may be just working off of instinct. This is grappling. This is the pure interactions between two human beings who have been partaking in this for a very long time. And they just understand. They know what to do. There was a small inverted triangle attempt from Jesse as he's shifted his focus submission attack-wise from the legs to the upper body. He feels like the lower body is too far away from him now. So he has rubber guard, but it's also a pass-through rubber guard, so it's, it's basically New Jersey at this point. It's not where you want to be, and it's allowing... Uh, it's allowing Anthony to look again at the body lock, at the body lock pass. 
Jesse is meat hooking, which means he's overhooking his own leg in the on the rubber guard side, and he's trying to clear the neck by doing so. He actually has a decent dilemma configuration, but Anthony is very wise to it. Oh, he's successfully cleared the neck here. So he's got a New York position now, if you understand the 10th planet system. But it's what he can do with it. He's got wrong angles, so he's on the, and he's had to let it go due to the wrong angle side. And he had to bail on the whole position. Extremely technical exchange, but that's the closest that Jesse's been to getting a true bite on a submission. And it's because he changed his idea from legs to head. Looks for a quarter sweep there to get back on the half guard. Inserts the butterfly hook. Jesse is trying to sweep both ways now, which is very, very smart. There's only 10 seconds left. He's putting it all on the line, throwing up those legs. Anthony is shin weaving. Oh, a late shot from Jesse. Puts him right in a triangle. And it's time. There we go. Brilliant matchup. Brilliant matchup. Have we... We have now crowned the next champion, and it is one of the crowd favorites and a well-deserving Anthony Pugliese, the 66 kilo M16 Open champion. Absolutely brilliant match and very well-deserved. This is exciting, guys. We're getting to the pointy end of the evening here, and Pablo Torrealba and Lachlan Conway are about to have their match, and immediately after, Declan Moody and Lewis Ryan are going to have their match. The, the action has just been absolutely ferocious. It has been jam-packed with the best possible... You see the there? With the best possible advocates for jiu-jitsu in this state. Two more champions to be crowned. Wow. All I can say is wow. I keep saying wow a lot, but in a match of explosiveness versus elusiveness... Lachlan Conway versus Pablo Torrealba just absolutely wrecked the house. They wrecked the house. Tight, tight submissions. I've never seen anything so tight be escaped so convincingly with Lachlan putting everything on the line and Pablo being able to slither out, slither out, slither out. We see abnormal strength from Lachlan on the bottom versus abnormal composure from Pablo Torrealba. Like, absolutely amazing. Eventually, Pablo getting the choke late in the second uh, second portion of the fight. And you know what? Absolutely well-earned because Lachlan Conway put on a fantastic account of himself and his jiu-jitsu. We have a new champion at 77 kilos with Pablo Torrealba. Absolutely fantastic. Wow. So basically every entry from here on out is going to be wow. You just saw, you, know, you just heard the crowd go absolutely wild. Declan Moody just took on an absolute powerhouse. The impact of the movements was audible throughout the arena. The, the precision, the control, and the tactics were all on display, getting the rear naked choke, and still the 88 kilos M16 champion Declan Moody. What an amazing day. I, I'm tired watching these guys, but look, it's one of those things like you, you put on a day like this and you cap it off with the highest level possible. It really goes to show what is achievable. What is achievable? To everyone watching, there's a concerted level up in the skill sets. And wow. I guess uh, every segment from here on out is just going to be called wow. That was, that was really cool. I'm really happy to see that. I want to see if I can get a couple of interviews with people uh, just to see their perspective on how it all went down. But... 
absolutely amazing. So happy for everyone who, uh, who rocked up and got on those mats today. Congratulations. Well, lucky me. I am here with Connor Damon, the new Blue Belt Invitational Champion. How are you feeling? Man? Oh, pretty good. Thank you, Nick. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Man, that was such a good display of, of patience and then precision. So you were able to negotiate all of the leg lock entanglements very, very well. Constantly sniping for your bolo movements throughout your passing movements as well, but also finding a really good array of upper body submissions as well, whether it be triangles, kimuras, whatever you like, that's what you were hunting for. And yeah, again, patience and then precision and finishes. How did you feel out there on the match today? Uh, I felt pretty good. I think the first match, it was like all these leg locks I was trying to defend and I was just kind of like fighting for a life for a bit there, just like a bit scared of the leg locks. But once I, I kind of got, got the cobwebs off, I felt a bit like broken a sweat. I was able to just yeah, get the get the submission yeah. with the triangle. Problem. That's definitely yeah. what it looked like. It was like after you got through that initial phase, yeah. then the fluidity yeah. began to come out yeah. and you would rolling, just more like you would roll yeah. in the academy as well. Yeah. And look, you're no stranger to competition. This has Absolutely. been sort of like a culmination of events for you, you know what I mean? Now that yeah. you're the champ, what do, you, what do you see from here for yourself? Oh, uh, well, one week from now, States. So I'll, I'll go straight into that, do every weight class. Hopefully you can do all right with that. You're um, a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. oh. I can, uh, do as, as many competitions as I can. Um, obviously, last year, there, were, not, there wasn't many competitions for me, because for anyone, because of COVID. Yeah, that's right. So um, I'm just trying to get as many as I can uh, this year to make up for it. Well, yeah. we're going to keep backing you, man. We're oh. going to keep supporting you. You were my pick. Oh, okay. thank you so I didn't much. want to put any pressure on you. You were the one who uh, actually sent the message to me so that I knew about this. Remember? You, you yeah, I did too. I, I was did like, too. oh, this looks good. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad that I could have facilitated yeah. this beautiful win for you oh, today. Thank you very much. I'm very, very happy. Yeah. What was your favorite moment of the day, regardless, like barring your own wins? Right? What did you think oh. was an awesome moment today? I think just then, Declan, absolute beast with the Bermbolo. Yeah. I, I pretty much try and emulate anything that he does. <laughs> well, like what he does to me, because he does it all to me when we roll. Um, his bone bowler, his back take, everything I try and do. Nowhere near as good, but one day, uh, hopefully. <laughs> Man, that guy yeah, was yeah. an absolute I know. beast. Absolute animal. I know. Oh, <laughs> it was beautiful to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. Thank you so much for your yeah, time, yeah, man, and so congratulations much. again. Thank you very much. All right, I'm here with Tommy Hayes, one of my favorite guests on the podcast, another analyst. What a day we just witnessed. Bro, no one's getting paid by the hour today. Fucking event kicked off at 11, and we're out of here, oh, shit, just before 1. 1. That's with a couple of intermissions as well. Crazy. Uh, I can't think in recent memory of a better overall display of the technical skill of jiu-jitsu in this country. Where do, where do we start? Where do, do we, where do we start today? Let's start, let's start with the Blue Bill tournament. Yeah. Um, dude, first of all, all those guys, first of all, they're all fucking savages. Like, yeah. if... If you didn't know it was a blue belt tournament, you, you couldn't pick a lot of level half yeah, those that's guys a, I, I agree with that 100%. They're so well-versed everywhere. Sometimes when you get like a, a blue belt or a purple belt, you might get a specialist. A guy who hunts for one thing. Generally, their development of their jiu-jitsu up until that point has been a lot about what works for them. But everyone's defense and offense and diversity was so on point. They knew everything that was happening. Not necessarily they could stop it, but they knew everything that was happening at any, every point in time. And we really got to see a very diverse range of jiu-jitsu because of that, I think. I, I, yeah, I think so. Everyone has their own skill set. And like you said, they all have areas where they far exceed, you know, like uh, many other competitors. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like... Yeah, ben Swingler and his leg locks, uh, Connor Damon and his triangles, uh, Elon McLeod's pressure passing, you know, all those sorts of things. You know, I must be, I, I did 
think that Connor was going to win the tournament. I think he was probably the favourite to win the tournament, yep. and I think that's fair to say. But yep. I mean, you can't say that he, you know, didn't. Uh, you know, he had to earn it, man, against oh, yeah, against um, Jake Chapman from Progressive, who shout out is you know I only trained for like literally a year and a half. Mm. That was one of my favourite matches of the day. So you know, that was yeah. Per, uh, what is yeah? What is play just have been good? What can you say about that? Man, I, I did have a little bit of uh, breakdown analysis prior to you know, starting the podcast and prior to coming to the event. And I looked at some of the matchups like Kerry Smith versus Jerry, Pugliese versus Jesse. Those were my picks for being the most technical matches of the day. I did some commentary breakdowns for them. And I think I was right, man. Like the closeness, the evenness of the matchups, the matchmakers did. An absolutely fantastic job. I thought, uh, and I believe that Puglazi and Jesse Lawton was a rematch as well. Yeah, it was. I, yeah. Um, and they had a really good match the first time as yeah. well. Like, uh, you know, pressure passing and, you know, Jesse's uh, half butterfly guard attacks. Like, you know, just watching them go back and forth. Yeah, it was really good to watch. I mean, I, I loved it. Yeah. And just how the strategies shifted given the time periods as well. Like, initially, Pugs was sort of playing a percentage of a pass. And then as the time ticked over, he really locked onto that body lock. And when he was up, then he started to shin weave and hang back a little bit. It was a very smart strategy from a guy who is now, I believe, he's really found his home uh, in the ADCC rule set. No known weaknesses. The, what, no, what, yeah. no, like, weaknesses unknown. Do you know what yeah. yeah. When he starts to wrap around your neck, you're like, oh, I'm yeah. probably going to have to let go now. Like, well, yeah, no, he's, that, was, that was a great fight. Um, all of, I, I can't point to a fight where I was like, ah, oh, that wasn't a really good fight. They were all good fights. Like, you know, Nora and Taylor's a great fight as well. Um, it's with a heavy heart that I say that, you know, Pablo had maybe one of the performances of the day. Yeah. Because, you know, very bittersweet for me because, you know, Locke is my coach and, I, you know, he's a very good friend of mine. But uh, Pablo, I literally think he's, that was his best performance out of all the M16 fights he's had thus far. I, I think so as well. I think it's one of those things like that explosive style versus that elusive style and what Pablo had to endure in that match Lachlan put it on him in a way where some of those submissions were just so tight so dialed and for people who've rolled with Lockie and who understand his game he is inordinately strong like it's not it doesn't make fair. sense yeah it exactly make, it doesn't make sense uh, and those that's one of those matches man that you could do it you know, uh, you do it ten times, and you probably get a different result every time. Yeah, man. I agree. So, you know, I that's agree. one of those ones. Um, and how's Alan Hartley just being? Just every time he competes, he just reaches a new level. It's it's crazy. Yeah, he. Um, I don't know what to say about. It. He just he just wins. He just wins. <laughs> he, he's he's a he's a he's a winner. Like yeah. he, he is a winner. He figures it out and he wins. He is a winner. Yeah. Like if you had to tell me, uh, me personally, like what is Alan like? What's his game? I'd be like. I don't know, it's different every time, but he yeah. goes out and he wins. So it just shows how well-rounded he is and how to be able to be well-rounded at that level is a very, uh, very admirable thing and difficult to do. Yeah, we've, we've talked about it before in terms of his development as a jiu-jitsu practitioner and as a martial artist. Like, he's a very introspective guy. He doesn't necessarily place himself above people or even next to them. So the, the point that he makes is to make himself the most technical and the most well-rounded person he could possibly be so he can stand next to them with confidence and I said to you when we had our podcast the step for him into the next echelon of competition 
is confidence and you can start to see it creeping into his performances he's willing to take risks he's confident in his ability to put his guard back in or to scramble or to wrestle like every part of his game has taken such a skyrocket of progression that that confidence is really starting to show yeah uh, absolutely man yeah and then I suppose to cap it off with the main event but he Declan Moody just took on a true beast of a human that, that guy is it's we're not the same species you know what I mean <laughs> like if, if you look if you like what what if you put me and him next to each other you're like oh what breed of chihuahua is standing next to that guy competing in the main event oh, uh, yeah, but that was a great fight like, he came out like and wrestled hard straight away like to set the pace but you know classic you know Declan Moody you know like take the back converting yeah. from that niche in reverse De La Hiva yeah. and yeah. and right. bolo like quarter bolos baby bolos like I think considering this game plan like the game plan was to make Declan hurt right off the bat like he didn't want to let Declan start with any momentum so he just came down and slammed hard you yeah. know like he wanted to make him feel his weight feel his power and he did that but it's just so hard to put someone off their game with someone like Declan who's been competing since they were literally a child yeah. I've seen it all yeah and my coming to the pub. Why don't I? That's that to be discussed. To be discussed. To be discussed. <laughs> We've just had a pub offer. Pub offer number one. Um, yeah. No, I don't know about it. He's at this point. I think we all know. If you don't know now, you know that he's you know in the top five jiu-jitsu practitioners in this country. Yeah. Um, he might be in the top five jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world. Who knows? Um, you know, he's at his weight. Um, now he's got to you know organise the Bob Frears match in international waters and make it happen. <laughs> well, maybe it's going to happen on the Kerry, Kerry Smith cruise ship of combat. I, I, did, I did hear about that, man. Like, we can, we can get, let's get some funding for that. Huh? Let's get some... uh, thank you so much for your time, man. And maybe you can hit up that pub. I'll allow it. <laughs> Just one time, I'll allow it. Go on. <laughs> you never think it's going to be good, do you, Miles? Never, ever. You're, you're always like, I see you guys before the event starts and it's, it's all jitters, but like, why? You know it's going to be awesome. That was fucking amazing, dude. Yeah, that was hands down the best grappling we've ever seen in the state, I reckon, for sure. Yeah, I've said that every, every multiple match, times. Like, even with the name changes and a few of the bigger names not coming, the matchups themselves made for the best jiu-jitsu we could have had on the day for sure. Yeah, and the pressure that you guys were under to put this event on and the shit, the, the hoops you had to jump through COVID-wise, the matchup change. Yeah, look, we can't say thank you enough for doing what you've done. And this is the outcome. This is the outcome of those efforts. Yeah, the amount of people that were here and how happy everyone was to still be doing everything without, well, despite all the changes and the COVID shit, is, is a good sign. Yeah. So I, I've been pretty stressed this week, I'll admit that. Yeah. <laughs> Match of the day, moment of the day. Match of the day. Conway versus Pablo was insane. And the fact yeah. that they're on the mat right now and Pablo's teaching him, Conway's teaching him how he can finish him. <laughs> Fucking insane. They just had a match and now they're sitting there doing more jiu-jitsu. Yeah, that's uh, what it's like. That's what jiu-jitsu's like, right? There's so many good matches though, and especially the Blue Belt Tournament. Uh, giving those guys a shot to step up. Those guys are going to be the killers on the show in the next year or two for sure. Yeah, I think so. I was just saying to Gingerbeard before, like, everyone's so diverse. Sometimes when you get blue belts, like, they're very, they're almost specialists because all of their development is just what works for them at the time. But they're so varied in their approach and, and well-rounded. It was so cool to see them. Like, yeah, I think with the ADCC rule, rule set, you have to be because you can't just rely on one thing. As soon as points come in or someone's attacking too many submissions, it just changes the way your game is, you know. You're not going to get two points and stole. You're going to have to, like, work all of your game or you're not going to make it very far for well, sure. And as far as I know, this is the only ADCC showcase show 
in Australia, as far as I'm aware. I think so. I think they do the nationals and stuff. The guy on the East Coast runs the actual ADCC nationals. But that's still but a tournament. In terms of super fights, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but hopefully more people adopt it because I think it's by far the most exciting rule set. Awesome, awesome. No, really happy, man. Thank you so much for your time and thank you so much for putting this event on. Thanks for coming down. Of course, next time. always. Well, I'm on the car ride home and I'm going impromptu <laughs> recording for the Batphone podcast. I'm springing it on Dan Dwyer and Chris Penrose. But I wanted to get you guys because you're on the mats. You're the closest to the action and what an amazing day of action it was. Go ahead and tell me, from the perspective of a referee, any awesome moments that you, you saw. God, like, um, a few standing out moments were Jarek Payne's surviving, yes. Kerry Smith's Dust or Anaconda, I think it was, yeah. uh, but far out. Like, props to Jarek, because that looked really tight. He stayed calm, cool, collective, and obviously managed to get out. So it was really impressive to see that. Um, Nora really impressed me. Uh, Taylor was going for a straight arm lock on her. And I looked at Nora's face just to check to see if there was any pain. And just like like no reaction. And in my <laughs> eyes, I was like, God damn, I think Nora will literally let her arm break rather than like tap to this because it was only like 20 seconds left. Uh, but those two moments stood out to me. And um, and yeah, that was, that's mine, I guess. Yeah, those two. Some of the impact I was hearing uh, in that final match with Declan and Lewis, like the take the takedown impact, even the guard pull impact was pretty impressive. It would have been like uh, pretty interesting to see these things first first hand account. I, I feel like the first half of this whole podcast has been like, gee, I wonder what's going to happen. This is really exciting. It's a really interesting day. And then the second half of the podcast has just been like, oh my god, wow, that was amazing. That was totally awesome. But you know what? That's how it should be. I reckon. And uh, I think a lot of the people standing around uh, as spectators today and watching, I know a lot of them would have been inspired by what they saw. But I also think that a lot of them uh, got treated in a way that they don't even understand. Like from, from guys who have been competing for a really long time and have seen the standards steadily rise, this has been repeated a few times now, but that was easily the highest standard of grappling I've seen in person in a South Australian competition a, ever. Probably one of the best events. Best yeah. events, you reckon, Chris? Yeah, my favourite M16 so far. Yeah, favourite M16. I, I have to agree with you, man. I think that, um, like, even, like, we're talking, obviously, a lot about, like, the black belts, and, like, congrats to Declan and Pablo, obviously, for winning their matches. Um, but for me, like... Let's look back at the very first match of the day. Yeah. Jake Chapman coming in and like submitting a blue belt, obviously, like with an impressive footlock, but then going on to obviously like participate in the eight-man tournament yeah. as a white belt. I mean, I see that kid at competitions locally, and goddamn, he's impressive. So shout out to Sean and Daniel and Jarek and obviously Progressive for that because they've yeah. got a they've got a, some like really young up and coming talent in Jake and obviously other guys in the team as well. Uh, and Connor Damon, my gosh, yeah, yeah, um, that like that kid has impressed me so much in the last six months. But him coming to open mat and like rolling uh, and cross training and obviously getting more out of his uh, like development, it's it, it showed. I mean, Dude, he took out, he took home the belt today. $500. He was at wrestling on Tuesday. Mike. At Trinity. You no, know Mike. what I mean? Like, and he's going to compete next again. weekend. You know, like, it's just ridiculous, like his level. But I, I managed to get a quick interview with him and he's modest. Yep. Like, he's modest. He's humble. He's respectful. Like, 
it seems to be a really good trait. If you look at guys like Anthony Marias as well and, and uh, Paolo Barreto, like, it's a really nice trait that you begin to see with the Aruda Jiu-Jitsu team. They're very humble, they're very respectful, they're very, very, very well-rounded and they're a tight-knit unit. I love seeing guys like that around. Managed to get a little bit of time with Paolo today and a little bit of time with Farouk and Saeed as well. I was really happy to be able to just chat with those guys who I've been looking up to for so many years in the jiu-jitsu scene. And look where they are. They're standing mat side at the M16 Open. They were there at the beginning and they're here now for all of the evolutions that are taking place. So it's it's really inspiring. It's really motivating and it makes you look forward to the next event. My God, we need to get this Declan versus Bob Frias match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God. So somehow I feel like COVID, you know, it'll be like the day before or something to fly. But like, obviously, that match is just going to be absolute fireworks. They just need to put that on as the first match of the day. Yeah. Like <laughs> the first match of the day, we'll get it all done. Yeah, we'll just bring Bob down for like the entire month or something like that, just in case. Like, just you coming here now, Bob. Like, they're going to have to do it that way because obviously, like, with the borders closing and everything. Um, but yeah, like, obviously, as you said, like. Um, that's like Saeed really impressed me today like Alan had a really like tight locked in Kimura and I was watching that and I was like oh that's almost on but Saeed just like managed to wriggle out of it and then like to come back and like you know still push that entire pace after that 10 minute time frame like the brown belts put on a show but so did definitely the blue belts and like just overall like Adam and Miles like congratulations on a really impressive show and for me it was obviously like great to be right there like on the mats to witness that it was fantastic so thank you guys Uh, and all thanks to you guys as referees we understand it's a hard job it's a thankless job but man it's a necessary job we need you guys we need people like you around who are willing to put their hand up get on those mats and make sure that these matches come to fruition something that i really liked about the day as well i know how this is going to sound but it wasn't all leg locks i think because of the evolution of the sport and jiu-jitsu in general uh really leg lock heavy specialist practitioners have been incredibly successful uh, throughout the last couple of years of jiu-jitsu competition Uh, but you look at the diversity of tactics throughout the entire day leg locks were being executed leg locks were being shut down there was triangle attempts kimura attempts rear naked choke finishes guillotine finishes like the variety and diversity of skills on display were uh, an indicator to me of the actual evolution that is taking place right now i i did a little bit of commentary breakdown for the Kerry versus Jarek match and the Pugliese versus uh, Jesse match and I think they were equally as tactical and equally as technical but they weren't one dimensional that was the the best thing that I saw out of the day every skill set was on display at every rank and that is just there's something to be said for the evolution of the sport when that's taking place all on one day all on one mat uh, all on one show so you know we talk about people coming over the border, Pablo Torrealba coming over the border. Uh, you know, he had a lot of incentive to come over because he realized the caliber of the practitioners on the show. And I think with Bob coming over as well, when people interstate see the level that is going to take place at these shows, they're going to want to be involved in it more and more and more. Would you agree with that? Yeah, people want to come over because of what they're seeing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at that, like, the last match with, obviously, you know, um, a last-minute replacement. There's thirsty, thirsty guys wanting to get on to Declan Moody. Um, so it's interesting to see. Because I, I spoke to Declan, when, uh, like, a week ago, and I was like, oh, what's the go with uh, the borders with Queensland? And he goes, no, I mean, like, there's plenty of backups. So the fact that there's plenty of people wanting 
Declan Moody is terrifying. But it's also fantastic because it means that we get exciting matches like that. Like, you know, last minute replacement. On some cards, you know, it's like, oh, the match is off because there's nobody else. Yeah. We didn't plan ahead. But obviously there's a lot of guys. Um, and, you know, I, going back to, as you said, with the leg locks, like the first couple of matches of the day, Real quick leg locks. Mm. Uh, thirsty white belts wanting some straight ankle lock uh, highlights. Uh, and then moving, obviously, on to, like, you know, like the brown belts doing the same thing, like looking for submissions. It is fantastic, but it's also, like, great overall grappling. Mm. And I think today the people that were on the card not only just displayed great leg locks, because obviously it's very, you know, uh, some people are very one-dimensional with their attacks. They can be like that. But today I feel like there was a lot of people that could have easily transitioned to other things and, and like, impressive. Like, yeah. uh, you know, we look 10 years ago when I started... There was definitely not this level of uh, white belts and blue belts at local tournaments at the States and stuff, but to see white belts and blue belts coming in, you know, Baron Bowling, like going yeah. to K-Guide and all these other fantastic transitions, it's, uh, I'm envious of these uh, yeah. up-and-coming practitioners because it's I, super I, I inspiring. I had that. It yeah. is inspiring, though. You know what? I think I'm going to have to say I, I'm going to have to put my hand up because I want Declan Moody, too. Yeah. You want to compete? I want him. I want him to go easier on me when we roll <laughs> and make me feel better about my jiu-jitsu. Of, coming out of retirement? I'm coming out of retirement to go back into retirement. <laughs> One last uh, Jimmy Barnstall. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be a painful outing. Like I just feel like he'd hurt me. Nah, he's good. He's, he's great and he's, and he's just another example of who we all want to be. You know, He's the guy at the forefront who we want to be like. We would like for Jiu-Jitsu to be portrayed how it is by Declan Moody. We like the, fu- the fact that he is fantastic. He is a high-level practitioner. We like the fact that he's from South Australia, and we like that because we all aspire to be that. You know, it's, it's a really encouraging time yeah. in, in grappling in this state, and this, the motivation is at an all-time high. Inspiration is at an all-time high, and the skill level is at an all-time high as well. Uh, I'm really thankful for opportunities like that to come up and the bat phone's always going to return to the M16 Open. I'm going to make it a thing now. However many people listen or don't listen, I'm going to try and get a breakdown of every M16 Open. But I'm also going to try and get a breakdown of the, the South Australian state titles as well because you know what? That competition at one point in time was the only competition that any of us had to go to. It's steeped in tradition and it has a rich history here in the state of South Australia. And I'd really like to talk to the people who are currently running it. Leo Aruda, Warwick Raymond, like the Aruda team is currently behind the state championships, but they weren't. They weren't always, you know, that's not where it started. So I think I'll uh, I'll shift the focus on the state championships, which is next week, and uh, we'll try and shine a light on the, the history of jiu-jitsu in the state of South Australia. It's so interesting that you actually say, like, uh, the state championships being the only competition. In the next six weeks, there's three other tournaments, all run by different organisations. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's incredible to see. Uh, well, hopefully we can get out to all of them and I can, I can get equally as inspired. But they've got some big shoes to fill, some big shoes yeah. to fill, because that was a huge event. Alright guys, thank you so much for your time. Alright, you know what? I reckon that might be a good way to sign off, guys. Uh, just chatting with the refs at the end of the day, getting some really good perspectives and outlook on the state of jiu-jitsu in South Australia and Australia abroad. A brilliant day and hopefully an entertaining podcast with chats with the legends, the athletes and everyone in and around, the spectators, the characters in jiu-jitsu uh, in the scene. I'm really happy to have had that opportunity. But please, stay tuned because we'll be back same bad time same bad channel for all the bad fans out there